Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Hemke. You're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. we got a special guest today uh, on the show, Matt Chambers from Alligator Performance. Matt, how the hell are you? Doing good, guys. Man, it's been, uh, been a little while since I've talked to you, but yeah, doing good. Absolutely. Yeah, we actually tried to book this interview months ago and uh, had some technical difficulties. We've worked all those technical difficulties out, uh, and we wanted to get Matt to be our first uh, phone guest back on the show. In months. In months, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's because we're very excited about Ultimate Callout Challenge and Diesel Performance Industry Expo mm-hmm. coming up in May. And Matt, uh, <laughs> you guys are directly in- involved in that over at Alligator Performance. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> we've uh, we've been working with those guys for for years, and it seems like the show's getting bigger and bigger, and uh, more spectators, uh, more competitors. You know, bringing on uh, a bunch of uh, new sideshows. Uh, the DPI Expo is growing huge. It's it's uh, becoming a, a fun time, that's for sure. Absolutely. Now, when you guys first got involved, uh, it, it was really just in its very infancy stage, if I remember correctly. You guys were involved in, in the first year or the second year you guys got uh, into it? Oh, it was absolutely the first year. We uh, got with uh, James back in the day and kind of just kind of a, a back office conversation of, like, what should we do to really spike huge interest and help grow the industry? And, uh, you know, something that's not, you know, just a standard event, something that will uh be completely new and so we kind of threw around a bunch of ideas and and uh you know so that's kind of how far back this kind of went is uh you know i think it's been four or five years now and then i think it was what three or four years ago is when the first event happened in uh, uh utah and it was i think like five or six um vendors there and a handful of competitors and and not a whole lot of people there for spectating and then it seemed like it just blew up overnight yeah, it, it really did. I mean, this is an event that, of course, spawned from basically a Facebook argument for just the most simplified version of the the history of Ultimate Callout Challenge. Uh, and it, it really did. It, it just kind of exploded overnight. And now the Diesel Performance Industry Expo, the DPI Expo, largest conglomeration of diesel performance uh, vendors I think I've, I've ever seen. And that includes SEMA or any other shows. What do you think, Chris? Well, last year was my first year. Um, you know, followed it year one in Utah and then, you know, Indianapolis the last few years. Uh, being there last year, <clears throat> you know, with the podcast and with Calibrated Power, um, it was a sight to see. I mean, you can't put in the words um, the, uh, the turnout, uh, the event as a whole. And the DPI Expo is just, man, uh, the biggest shops, the biggest names, the biggest companies in a in a parking lot per se uh <laughs> the alligators booth was nothing short of impressive we had our scottsdale over there as well and you know it was just really welcoming you know you the guys over at alligator and any of the other you know mail orders that are out there or you know the tuning shops you know we're, we're a competitor against other guys and you go walk up to their booth shoot the shit it's just a good time everyone's really welcoming so it's, it's very much an enthusiast group of people like you go to SEMA, there's 150,000 people at SEMA without even know how many booths and trucks are there, and you kind of just get shell-shocked the whole thing. And there's a PRI. It's a great event there. There's a lot more uh, niched enthusiast uh, groups there as well, the performance side of things, especially in the diesel world. Um, but, yeah, the uh, DPI Expo and what UCC has become is, is unreal. It's a, a very, <laughs> very closed, um, you know, enthusiast-based group, and, and I think we're over, like, 100 and 100-ish or 120 uh, vendors now at DPI Expo, and it's growing. 
Um, and there's the, the people there that, you know, spectator-wise, that can actually go up and talk to any, any one of these booths. Everybody jumps to the gun and, and uh, wants to be there to have a good time and, and uh, you know, laugh to information to, you know, seeing a show. Yeah, I mean, seeing the guys, you know, with the, you know, the, the different vendor bags and, you know, T-shirts. And, I mean, that's that's the time for these guys. I mean, there are guys traveling from, like, California, you know, like, spectators and stuff to oh, come yeah. to this event. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they go up to you and, like, oh, I see you on YouTube or, oh, I talked to you on the phone. And it's nice to just put a face to the name. You know, it becomes a little bit more personable at that point. And, oh, uh you know, it's just the people, they're just going booth to booth. And then the following day, like, hey, I just wanted to come see the booth again, you know, and <laughs> it's just it was a lot of fun. Definitely. Well, I thought one of the things that was really cool is the way that you guys over at Alligator have kind of integrated into the show. So your guys' booth is always right up front. You guys are the title sponsor. Um, so you guys really do get right into the mix of this whole event. And I, I got to be honest, uh, hearing about the live builds was probably one of the cooler highlights that I look forward to for 2019. Yeah. But I felt terrible when I found out you guys did a live build last year. Is that correct? No, actually, uh, we didn't do a live build last year. There was a uh, booth, and I can't remember who it was behind us, um, that was doing a live build. And uh, uh, they got the tent that was delivered was small, so it almost seemed like a like just a garage type of thing where someone was working on a truck that, you know, unfortunately no one really knew that it was a live truck build. And uh, so... You know, we kind of wanted to make our booth, you know, bigger and greater uh, compared to the previous years. And so, uh, you know, our, our footprint there, you know, like a 40 foot by 100 foot booth. And then um, on the outskirts of that, we're going to do two live builds, um, you know, open area. So uh, it'll be a little bit fenced off just so people can't walk right in as mechanics are working on these trucks. But, yeah, we wanted to, you know, change something different. You know, we're going to have a bunch of our guys there to be able to talk with the crowd. You guys are going to be there and be able to talk with the crowd and uh you know see what mechanics they're actually installing on these trucks live at the event so uh, i I don't know what you know information's been leaked or what but what are the vehicles that are going to be in this live build uh so we started out doing just one we were going to do a 2000 2018 ram 6.7 and uh, this is actually my personal truck and it was one of those uh i completely plan on leaving this truck stock and uh (laughs) <laughs> we, we walked into a, a meeting was like man let's let's make our our presence there at the ucc dpi expo bigger than what it's ever been and you know how are we going to do that well we can we can open up our uh, booth space we can bring more people we can bring uh you know some eye-catching displays and everything but you know what about doing a full live build there at the event you know where people can stand around and see these uh, industry-leading parts that are going on in this truck and go from a factory setup to a full-blown build in three days. Sound like a badass idea, and you know we knew it was gonna be complicated, knew there's gonna be a, a lot of hurdles on the way. Uh, but yeah, kind of just started with that is is roll that that 2018 Ram out there, and uh, I didn't really know what we wanted to do uh, at, at the beginning, so it kind of evolved to you know. I don't want it to be another standard SEMA truck build where it's a guy rocking, you know, 44-inch tires, 18-inch lift, and no performance, <laughs> you know, and then it's a wrap on it, maybe some, you know, bumpers and grill and just kind of the accessories. So we kind of rolled into it like, you know, at the Ultimate Callout Challenge, let's make the Ultimate Tow Rig, something that uh, the daily guy or the, the average guy would daily drive this tow any trailer across country. Um, you know, it's reliable. It's fuel-efficient. Um, leaving emissions intact, so that was uh, another thing we wanted to keep because it seems like a lot of things in the industry and right now with the EPA getting involved and 
and uh, you know people kind of getting their their hands flapping or anything. We we want to focus in on how to make performance with the emissions intact. So you know that, that was kind of the base. And we we started you know doing a few performance things, but we knew that the accessories, the lift kit, wheels, tires was going to be a part of it. Um, but first thing we did is jump to the performance, being that's kind of our background. We're you know enthusiasts in in power, so. We, uh, we got with uh, ATS and did their Vortex 5000 compound kit. Um, BD, uh, we uh, got one of their uh, fully built transmissions, um, uh, you know, some industrial uh, injectors, uh, fleece performance lift pump, um, and a DPF back exhaust system, you know, doing things, head studs, uh, you know, the, the stuff that kind of goes along with it. And it kind of just spitballed from there, end up jumping into a four inch lift kit from BDS suspension. Uh, doing some 35-inch wheels and tires, uh, you know, it just kind of kind of rolled. Wow. Absolutely. We're really excited. Chris, this is a, a similar, nicer build than what you drive every day. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Paul. Yeah, not everyone can afford a BMW, man. Hey, uh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, you know, we. Uh, I have a lot of experience. You know, my 15 has the Aurora Vortex compound on it and uh, different injection pump from XRG and mm-hmm. – um, I'm a little jealous of you, Matt, with uh, the fleece in the tank uh, pump setup, man. That's really slick. I'm excited to see that in person and see how that turns out. Yeah, we Can we talk that, real that. quick about, about some of your guys' part selections with this, Matt? Yeah. What were you guys – now, you wanted to do emissions equipped. You wanted to do something power. Can you kind of explain to our listeners why you wanted to go after injectors and, and uh, supply fuel? To How is that going to impact the build overall? Yeah, so – we uh trying to explain that right so kind of going into it we wanted to bring in all the manufacturers uh that were going to be at the dpi expo and you know build something that's going to be just more than what a programmer gives but leaves the the emissions intact and uh, we know that the ats uh vortex kit can can do that you know it has the that uh that manifold that's allowing you to leave uh, the stock turbo in there and uh, get around all the emission stuff and the cooler and and whatnot and uh, then be able to upgrade the fueling we know that the uh, factory uh, fuel pump or the lift pump is not going to be uh, efficient for that 600 700 uh, horsepower range and so that's when we jumped in that fleece intake pump and that's a you know great great looking setup great performing setup rated for 170 gallons per hour good for 800 850 horsepower trucks um, this truck will never make it to that point. Uh, it's going to be a solid, <laughs> daily, daily driven, reliable truck. And then getting, you know, uh, solid tuning in there, make this efficient. Um, you know, kind of overall, give it that good build. You know, we're going to change gears too. We got with nitro gears, and we're doing four eleven gears in it uh, to, to play with the, you know, ratios there. So we're not uh, so low in the RPMs when we're when we're uh, towing heavy up steep grades and everything. We're in the northwest, so. Uh, the Rocky Mountains here, we're, we're changing elevation quite often. Um, you know, so kind of do an overall just badass co-build on that. And along with that, though, here recently, we ended up bringing up a, a second truck, which is uh, a whole monster of its own. Um, something new to the industry is that 2018 Ford F-150 with a 3-liter uh, power stroke in it. And uh, that one's starting to unravel and, and be quite exciting. <laughs> wow. not only are you doing one build but you're going to do two builds within a couple days nothing could go wrong with this it yeah awesome. nothing can go wrong with this yeah we're kind of you know pulling our hair out right now we have a we have three uh 
mechanic teams, basically. So we have uh, Hunter Inman at Sick Nasty Diesel Performance and uh, Matt yeah, Braley from Widowmaker um, Diesel cool. over in uh, Pennsylvania. And they're coming out, and they're tackling the 18 Cummins. And then we have uh, a crew from Police Performance that are going to come over and tackle that 3.0 Power Stroke. So, Hunter's, so cool. Hunter's good shit, man. You can always trust him on his stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Those both those yeah. guys are good, and uh, we've uh, dealt with them for a long time. They've yep. uh, good friends with them. Anytime we go out to the East Coast, uh, we always meet up with them and have a good old time. So we've known them for years. So million dollar question here, Matt. Are you are you driving your eighteen there? Man, we thought about it. We're like, huh, oh, you know. Instead of bringing, you know, this truck and that truck and this trailer and that trailer and everything, why don't we just take, you know, the 18, throw our trailer with all our event stuff into it and, you know, haul ass to the East Coast. And, like, man, there's just so many possible things that could go wrong, you know. <laughs> like, one's if uh, something wasn't tightened down and we blow a, uh, blow a, a manifold gasket or, or, you know, maybe a fluid level's wrong or something within a transmission or... Maybe some headset issues, or a, or a, a you know an ejector issue, or just right. a fuel line, or something like that. We could be heading back for twenty, what twenty five hundred miles from home. So yeah, yeah we uh, we <laughs> pulled that idea after a couple of months. Like, yeah, let's just let's bring another truck. We'll we'll flatbed this one over just in case something goes wrong. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, as of right now, we're planning on this to be com- you know completely solid, no no flaws, no issues. The guys that are working on this are perfect. So. Uh, yeah, I think we'll think we'll be good. <laughs> and I think the thing here too is, is you're not advocating that you can do a big build in a weekend. It's it's eye candy, right? You're allowing the viewers to see something that you know they might go on YouTube and, and watch videos on. Uh, you guys are going to end up trailering this back, and there's going to be a once over on the truck. You know, multiple hands in on it. Am I wrong by saying that? Uh, yeah, I'll be a once over. Um, there's a few things I'll be doing here um, at the shop just because of time restrictions, like that four four inch BDS lift kit. It takes about what six to eight hours to install that lift kit and uh, getting things realigned and everything. We just don't want to deal with that over on the East Coast when we're 2,500 right. miles from home and and uh, on a three day period. So I'm going to do that in the uh, pack brake air system uh, here at the shop first. And then we go over there, and, and still the meat and potatoes of the build. We're doing, you know, the compounds, the twin CP3s, the front rear bumpers, the grill, um, uh, bed accessories, uh, programming, head studs, injectors. I mean, there's still a ton of stuff that's going just in that one truck. Um, you know, on that 18 Ford, pretty much the majority of it's going to be happening there. We'll do the lift kit here just because of the same reason. Uh, but, you know, jumping into uh, front rear bumpers, uh, wheels and tires, sport hood, the, um, the chase racks, because it's going to be kind of a, a chase truck style build, um, you know, possibly doing a turbo upgrade. We're still working on that. This platform is so new that there's not a whole lot out there for it. So uh, working with fleece, or not fleece, but um, uh, fast to do a lift pump for it. Uh, Diamond Eye just got us an exhaust system for it that they, they've been R&Ding for us for the last couple months now. Um, S&B just released their cold air intake for this 3.0 power stroke, and we just got that here in the shop last week. So there's a lot of stuff that's still coming in and that we're still R&Ding with a lot of these um, leading manufacturers to try to get parts for this. Just that's such a new platform that it's a, it's a time crunch for sure. Absolutely. So, and that's one of the things I wanted to drill in on. Uh, when we're talking about a live build, like you said, a few of these things have to get done before the show. So we're going to have a truck there with a few modifications already done. Um, 
I, I believe the plan is to to not only have guys working on the truck, but also to bring up some of the the representatives from these companies that are supplying the parts, and let them talk to people and really talk about the real world like while they're standing next to somebody installing a pump or an intake and be able to ask those guys questions be able to hear from those guys about what do we expect to get for performance out of these i think it definitely makes a for a big show so with something like this going on at ucc um there's just there's so many events this year at ultimate call out challenge just in general there's so many i think you referred to them as sideshows earlier and i think that's the exact right terminology for it so many cool things to see that you're, you're not going to get to see anywhere else. Um, I think it's really awesome that you guys are bringing this and letting people kind of come and get involved and really uh, j- just have a, a more clear understanding of what it's like to do some of these parts and to do some of these uh, upgrades and accessories and things like that. Uh, what else do you guys got planned for this year at UCC? Man, there's, yeah, quite a bit. I mean, we're working with, uh, like I said before, over 100 plus uh, vendors are going to be there and we're working with almost every single one of them to to bring in special offers and deals and everything just for you know show specials we're we're working on a, a monster size booth if you go to you know SEMA you see some of those outside booths that are are uh, huge and so we're working on something like that where uh you know we can we can have a fully covered area with a couple show trucks in there um you know some different kiosks where you can talk to some of our guys and uh you know BS with them, and maybe if you're if you're looking for some parts, they can they can jump to one of the computers real quick and overnight something or, or get it to you the next week, and and uh, then we'll have our our apparel going on there as well. Um, and there's so much else outside of our booth that's just it's gonna be a blast. It's it's really nice that they have the uh, the pit open to the public now, where you can just kind of walk in there and you can see how you know some of these guys are you know Derek Rose and and uh, some of the BD teams and and the additional teams and, and a handful of those guys have their they're working on the trucks the entire time. I mean, they're doing swaps or doing fine tuning things. <laughs> right. You know, that's a show of its own. If you just want to hang out in the pits and check out what these guys are doing with some of these uh, huge, huge competition builds, it's wild to see. Um, you know, and then, you know, just being able to walk through Vendor Row, it's great there. Jump in the stands and watch some of these low, low timed trucks, full size pickup trucks, you know, just throw down on the track. It's, it's an awesome time. Absolutely, man. Well, I know I'm getting excited for it. Uh, listeners, as we have more and more details rolling out, we'll be keeping you guys up to date on all of your Ultimate Callout Challenge uh, information. Of course, we are very proud and happy to be the official podcast of Ultimate Callout Challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we mentioned in last week's episode, we also have will be doing the announcements, it sounds like, with KJ again yeah. for Diesel Power Challenge and Diesel Power Magazine. That so magazine, big shout out to them. Yeah, that magazine actually just published. Oh, like, that's right. It just dropped. All of the... the the readers trucks or the potential competitors um is now available for voting yeah so voting is open on diesel power challenge so get out there get your magazines get your votes in uh i know i got a special shout out for brad sankey uh who's got his truck in the running this year he does he does yeah so that should be pretty interesting uh a few other guys that we know as well so we're really excited for that uh we'll also be going over and doing some interviews with some uh ucc competitors again uh some of the guys who maybe have been there a couple of the years Mm -hmm. uh we'd love to get on a couple of the guys that made it through the qualifier yes Uh, yes. i think getting those qualifiers and talking about you know the difference from last year to this year will be really interesting so big league yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it right pro-am to, to pro uh so so definitely if uh anybody wants to get a hold of alligator performance what's the best way to do that matt yeah either hit us up through the website at alligatorperformance.com uh our phones are always available or email 
Um, always can through, hit us through any of our social accounts, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, any of those. Uh, we're pretty easily accessible. <laughs> so we got a, we got a great crew here that will take care of anybody. So, yeah, if you have any questions, just hit us up. Man, dude, I'm getting pumped for UCC 2019. You said it, Chris. Absolutely. Oh, man. As, as we get closer and closer, uh, it's not just the live build and all of the the extra activity that's going on. It, it's also kind of, like you said, getting ready for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Getting our booth ready. I know we have a, a big colossal <laughs> booth that you're yeah. in love with. A, yeah, you are shit grinning. I wish our uh, listeners could see this. So for all the lucky guys uh, and gals that came to UCC 2018, we literally have a fucking concert stage as a booth, and it's a, it's a really cool booth. Um, we had a local, uh, a couple local street racing events or uh, drag strip, you know, no prep races that we went to where I, I had to use the booth. Yeah. And then UCC, I used it in Kentucky and maybe a couple other times that I, I've learned to block out of my mind. But it's a process to get set up. Like It's not, you know... You pitch a tent in five minutes, it's up. Like it, it's an hour, it, two it hour an process. Up, yeah, no, it's sure. And Paul doesn't set it up or take I it down. Have, I, hold on, I did Man. an indie. I no, did an indie, dude. Yeah. You did not take it down an indie. You I were, did. You, I, I was there. No, you might have helped put it up, but you didn't put it down. Oh. You didn't take it down. Okay, except I lost my my at the time brand new wedding ring in the back of a truck because I was loading all of the all right, all right, the truss right. work in there while you uh, another sales guy a tuning guy and and the buddy you brought with you all jumped in your truck and drove back uh, right. while we were loading oh, it yeah, and then yeah. the, the giant rainstorm hit at the very very end of ucc in 2018 yeah. that had lightning i already left and they had to clear out yeah no you had already gone yeah, i, I know. already left right i was in the rain right. with one of our mechanics and a wow. a lady friend he had brought to ucc for the day wow. yeah yeah yeah, yeah and right. they helped they helped oh, us pack up man yeah. that's just a blur well i guess you wish you bought a different fucking booth <laughs> 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 but none of the us, man it's just it's exciting you know i remember um i remember the beginning of 2018 talking about ucc 2018 you know we were five months away at that point you know we're we're four months away right now yeah you know, less than four months away yeah it's just insane to think about it's gonna be a ton of fun it seems like it's gonna be bigger and better than ever so always cool always uh all right well hey i want to jump on over to our from facebook segment of course <laughs> sponsored by wc fab uh jason worley and the boys over there do a great job with all of their fabrication and powder coating work uh this week i pulled up an email i got chris okay. uh, to my to my email that's paul at duramax because you're the more popular one the, right it is true only statistically only statistically no fact um okay so this is from dylan Hedden nicely yeah okay hi paul I'm new to diesel engines, but I just bought a fourth-gen Cummins Hell Ram yeah. 2500. The stock engine is more than enough power for me. My interest is in trying to boost the MPGs. I know there are a lot of things that can be done, but the thing I am trying to figure out at the moment is whether there are a particular tuner that would be the best for maximizing MPGs. I'm not sure there is an easy answer for this. If not, uh, whether... Basically, he says, if not, have you guys done a podcast on this subject? A little bit of searching around, but I couldn't find anything uh, specific. Any advice on the podcast would be great. So, Chris, uh, I had replied back to him with the the text directly from Duramax Tuner's website talking about MPGs and the best they can expect. Right. 
Now, I've read that, so I didn't think it was fair for me to come on the podcast and just repeat it. Everybody can go read that. That's no big deal. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on this? I'm sure you've gotten this question on the phone from customers. Yeah, I mean, you know, the strategy here for better fuel economy in a diesel engine is more or less the same reason why diesel engines are as popular as they are. Uh, diesel engine has a, a higher torque output, right? And it's able to maintain that torque when it's under a load or uh, lower RPMs lugging, if you will. Sure. So the idea is when you're trying to get better fuel economy, besides you know running a realistic tire size and no, don't don't call back saying you have a 37, you know, or <laughs> even a 35. You know, we're talking like a stock tire, you know, 32, 33 inch tall, um, with the proper driving style. RPM operation is a big thing, you know, vehicle speed in which it's operating at. And then these trucks are getting big, so then you have the resistance of the vehicle itself. Sure. Yeah. It's, speed. It's, a, it's a big brick up front, um, right? So with uh, just engine calibration in, in this 2500 Ram, the transmission tuning is going to be a huge, huge thing for the 68s. You know, a little side note, 68s uh, for the longest time really haven't had the best wrap in the industry. And honestly, yeah, they are still the, <laughs> the black sheep of the group when we talk about the Ford transmission or even the Allison 1000 and the LML or the L5P. Oh, yeah, in that light they suck, right. But at the same time, the 68 is one of the best stock transmissions that has ever been in a Dodger or Ram, in, in my opinion. In, in yeah. factory form, yeah. you know, with yeah. some calibration sure. support. Okay, sure. I. I I I'm, I'm trying, trying hard not to take some low blows here, so we'll just leave you know, it alone. But sure, well, yes, well, we're talking. I, I okay, agree just with to you. cover myself, we're talking stock for stock. Right. You Doug. take a you take a stock 47 or a stock 48. You know the ASINs are going to be a little different. I just don't like the way they operate and drive in the newer trucks. But the 68s are probably one of the more durable transmissions within reason, depending on how you operate it and depending on supporting mods. Absolutely. Um, so uh, I mean, I like mine. I have no complaints. Um, but you improve the shift strategy, you improve the lockup of the converter, you know, line pressures for better clutch coupling, and then pair that with some engine uprates where we're able to work on the mid-range torque curve of the engine, um, help improve on just the power band itself. Now you have the ability to gain on efficiency, okay? And that's more or less the, the recipe to success. So tuning is, is going to get you there, but there's these other additions to if you will or other practices that need to take place driving style altitude's going to play a role vehicle speed tire size these other you know components I just love when you cover that stuff because so. i always forget well, usually what i tell guys is pretty simple um higher horsepower trucks driven with a lighter foot are going to net better fuel mileage right. we have a higher peak horsepower uh we have more torque being made down low as chris had mentioned mm -hmm. uh, therefore we're going to use less rpm to travel at the same speed and that generally in in most general circumstances is going to you better fuel mileage well, i wouldn't say it's less rpm to maintain speed it's gonna it, it's going to improve the torque output of the truck which is gonna take less fuel to maintain that rpm fair enough uh well yeah depending on speed and what gear we're mm -hmm. in because really the guys who see the biggest fuel mileage gains Drop, are like driving 55 gear. miles an hour right. on the highway and because of a tune they actually are oh, able to shift up a gear, up a gear running six RPM. gear hold that yep, so yep. they would operate at a lower rpm that is where you will see the largest nets now if you're driving 75 miles an hour on the highway no. i'll tell you what you're driving 75 miles an hour on the highway right i went to i went five hours and so we're located here in northern illinois about mm -hmm. an hour north of chicago i went on a five-hour trip uh northeast into michigan over the summer last summer for yeah. a little vacation with me and my daughter um 
it's a crazy difference with with my 15 with my 2015 ram once you get past 70 75 it's all downhill from there yeah if you can yeah, keep yeah. it in that 70 75 sweet spot like 70 72 to be exact you know i could say like can't calculate it 21 i, I think uh the one philip was like 21.7 that's about the best i've gotten in a three-quarter ton as well you get you get to 80 85 man it's 18 yeah. you know yeah. if you're lucky 19 i was gonna say i've been quite a bit under that yeah and i'm just like but yeah. shit when we're going back from UCC 2018 that you just reminded me about that I dipped out early on. Yeah. You know, I was cruising like 90, you right. know, 90-ish. And you got like 16, 17. It was, it was like 16, 17, yeah. you know, it was mist of the summer, 100 degree day. Well, plus a lot of lot of quick acceleration, you right. know, fast desal on yep. and off because yep. I know you drive like an asshole. I, you know, yep. you know, I'm not. Uh, not scared. Not scared of the throttle, I'm as not others scared. would phrase it. I'm not scared. Uh, so, yeah, so that that's our thing on fuel mileage is, and, and then I think one of the other general questions that, that our buddy Dylan had here was just in general, is there a best tuner out there? No. Uh, all the tuners are going to run into the same physical limitations. Uh, so the only way to maintain drivability and get better fuel mileage um really everybody's going to be in the same ballpark you're not going to find one custom tuner or one box tuner uh that's really great or that's really terrible that's generally not a thing if you have massive differences in fuel mileage especially once we're talking about um for his truck i mean probably efi live or or mm3 Mm -hmm. uh either one of those or an easy link or an easy link yeah everybody out there in the market is like i said running against the same physical limitations so if there's any major differences it's in something else there's something else going on it's not like anybody it's not physically possible for one guy to get 30 30 and then the next guy to get 22 right that's not a thing something's off yeah (laughs) something's off in one way or another yeah, a lot of claims out there. I do want to say that uh, I did a quick Google search on this just to see what customers would find. So mm-hmm. I like clear all my web browsing history and all my and cookies. Type in Cummings with a GZ and then MPG. Not not quite that bad. No. But just I, I went for Cummins custom tuning. So not Cummings. MPG. Cummings? Yeah, no, I did the Cummins. Cummings. Yeah, I did not okay. do the Cummings. You could say it as many times as you want. I did not type a G That's at the a end. That's a really of it. popular Craigslist. I know search. it is. I know it is. Uh, I'm not saying that we. Yeah, yep. keywords. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> I, I did find a lot of guys out there claiming that they were the best yeah. uh, for mileage in your Duramax or in your Cummins. Uh, they were the the best uh, That's for bold. MPG. Well, I mean, even when we get guys that <sighs> call in on the phone, like, what kind of mileage am I going to see? Well, I don't know, sir. How do you drive? Well, what can you promise me? Nothing. Yeah. I, like, I'll promise you horsepower and torque. I'll I, promise you throttle response. I'll promise you drivability improvements. But fuel economy, that's not coming out of my mouth. I'm I not would, doing it. And I would generally say anybody who's who's making those wild claims about MPGs or the best at MPGs, uh, just... Uh, in infomercial math is that a thing we can Man. talk about where, how about that quick seal you ever really see good. that quick seal the infomercial yeah quick yeah, seal? yeah yeah did i bought it that shit worked yeah, that okay. shit worked well so maybe not really agreeing with my my recommendation here i just wanted to see thanks. your reaction totally thanks. kidding thanks. Uh, right. so enough on that you know what uh, that segue you know what's really cool uh when it comes to fuel economy you got to make sure that you have healthy fuel injectors and injection pumps oh nice dude right nice you've been practicing i know man i'm, I'm learning yeah. from the best man yeah somebody you're listening to on the radio yeah I take it. you know it's just <laughs> this this fucking podcast that i listen to <laughs> so yeah all right, so so we're going to kick off Exergy's do's and don'ts talking about fuel systems here. Uh, Exergy, I'm going to tackle the do here. So I, I ran into this actually just a, a few weeks ago. Uh, it was a little low on fuel in, in my 
my uh, diesel car there. So it's an SUV. It's a sport utility vehicle. Yeah. Okay. So so my X5, right? My, my X5 35D. If we want to get technical, on twenty twos. On on twenty. Hood is fuck. <laughs> it's awkward to see me drive it, people. Just as awkward as it sounds. Uh. So yeah. So I Listen I do drive a, an X5 35D yeah. on twenty twos. Are you a Tupac or Biggie guy? I just want to ask. Biggie. Uh, and that's why we don't get along. There's this whole yeah. East Coast West Coast tension. There's no way you have the attention span to listen to Tupac's lyrics. Yeah, no, for sure. I don't believe that. I swear to God. Uh, anyways, all right. <laughs> <laughs> West Coast for light. No, well, <laughs> other way. Other yeah, way. you could have been East Coast, other you way. idiot. Yeah, <laughs> that's how white I am. Um, <laughs> Clearly, you don't have the attention span to listen to Biggie. <laughs> yeah, true. True story. I mean, you ask fan, I know like two songs. For sure. Right? Who shot you? Um, <laughs> Big Papa. <laughs> <laughs> Juicy, rookie. Come on, man. I'm old care. like that. I'm old like that. Oh, God. All right. Anyways, anyways, enough of our Tupac and Biggie. Uh, the do for extra G's do's and don'ts is do properly inspect your backup fuel can before refilling it. The reason I bring this up is I ran into it the other week. I went to go grab the, the five-gallon diesel can oh. out of my garage. I looked inside it. It had been empty forever. Uh, it was just nasty inside. You're asking just, for trouble. Just raunchy inside. Even like the funnel, you, you know, like oh, yeah. you flip the spout around, the funnel comes. All of it was just disgusting. I had to take it in. Like, first of all, I learned a long time ago, you don't clean like fuel tanks and things like that in the basement of your house. No. Because you will explode the furnace and start the house on fire. It happened to a friend's uh, oh. over some relatives. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Saw it happen, right? <laughs> okay. So I saw the aftermath of that. So anyway, so I brought it inside. I fill it up with, with Dawn, and I fill it up with water, shake it all up. It's cold. I mean, yeah. we're in northern oh, Illinois. This is a few weeks it's ago. It's rough. So, like, it's cold. So I went, and I now I have this, like, disgusting fuel I have to figure out how to get rid of, which I think is still sitting in, like, a trash can in my garage. Uh, but, yeah, no. So, anyways, it, it, was, it was a huge process to have to clean this pain in the ass thing and then realizing that like wow i really would have been happy to go to the store and just buy a new can but yeah. uh, but nope. anyways mm. uh, what's important is i didn't just take it and run down there and, and fill it with fuel and then dump it into my car or something like that that would I think, be crazy i think as you get a little older and you have something that you take a little bit more appreciation and, and respect in um it's not the word I'm looking for. You get what I'm saying. Yeah, right? so you take what pride I find in what you have. You do. You take pride in what you have, and you also get really cheap is the thing I'm learning. The older oh, I get, the cheaper uh, yeah, I become. No, definitely. Where I'm, I'm just like, I, I've had to piss yeah. away money on so many other things, yep. like diapers that I just that get filled up and thrown out. Right. Um, that, that now you I'm like, money on shit. I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I have this real hard time with like going to just spend, I think, 15 bucks on think a new can. If you were 16 or 17 years old, you would have taken that can, dirty as shit, filled it up with fuel, put it in your car, and away you would have went. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like you were probably the same type a person that if you had a bucket sitting in your fucking garage sitting and you wanted to wash your vehicle you would simply put water in there and then use that water that's already contaminated with shit and then wash your vehicle sure yeah right. done it so right. like for me it's been programmed for years like my dad like no oh, man news <laughs> i love you dad anyways uh so it's one of those things like for me that's like the first thing you are programmed to do we have these big 55 gallon drums of oil here right yeah. you know when i do like an oil change and i use one of the buckets or one of the 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 canisters whatever you want to call it right uh the same thing applies you take the bottle you rinse it you clean it you make sure it's all cleaned out the funnel included so that's something that's like programmed to me so i wouldn't even think of that <laughs> if someone called me on the phone i'd be like yeah fill up you know do whatever you got to do but that's kind of a step 
Like what you're mentioning, that's a stop. Just look in there, you know? I mean, it was one of those easy things that I think it would have been really easy to overlook, like you said, you know, if you're not anal retentive and crazy like that. Um, It would have been really easy to overlook that and dump it in. And, hey, my fuel filters probably would have caught it. Uh, It probably wouldn't have destroyed my vehicle, costing me thousands of dollars. Right, but hold on. There's something here. You're saying probably because there's a potential that it There is a potential. So why risk it? And there's also a long-term just reality. Here's real Hold on. Why the fuck did you have your truck at your house that low on fuel that you had to take a fuel a fuel canister and go to the fuel station. I probably didn't. Like, I probably didn't, but it was like one of those where I was already taking my wife's car to go fill her car up with okay. gasoline. Okay. And okay. I looked and I had like an eighth of a tank in my car. And it was cold. And I'm like, uh, you know, throwing five gallons and it probably just made sense. I'm like, okay. I, it makes sense. Okay. I could have made it to the station. But I'm not trying to call you off for all our listeners. No, 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 no. Hey, listen, I'm lazy. That's no secret. All right, so let's go to the don't, right? <laughs> don't mistake cold weather white smoke for bad injection. So, my uh, uh, I, I call my black ram the cum daddy. Okay, yep. just be honest. Um, anyone that follows me on social media will see that. Um, Loser. <laughs> I don't, Sorry. I don't Sorry. care. Like that's the silver truck was the cum dog. <laughs> this yeah. one's the cum daddy because it's a little nicer than what my 07 was. Because you're a dad now. <laughs> I am a dad now. Yeah. Um, so uh, one of the mixed perceptions that guys have is if you have white smoke coming out the tailpipe, you have bad injectors. Well, guys, when it's 40 below. You're going to have smoke come out tailpipe until it's like 10 degrees, yeah. right? There's going to be a little something. So uh, I was driving to work, and uh, one of my buddies, who's not that intelligent, not going to lie, <laughs> you know who you are, um, he calls me. He goes, man, what's going on with your truck? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, man, it's white smoking out the back. I'm like, is it like trailing or is it like evaporating right after the tailpipe? He's like, well, it's evaporating. I'm like, are you new? Bro. Like, <laughs> Bro. serious? Like, is this real? <laughs> So, guys, uh, he's got really nice rims, though. Yeah, he does have no. nice rims. I had another buddy who had those back in like 2012, right? Yeah. He was a, he was yeah, a rock yeah. star, superstar. Right. More of an acquaintance. Not lame. Either way. Right. Yeah, kind of. But he's right, got a lot the of inside truck. jokes there. But, Anyways, but what we're saying but is. But we're saying is, is that, you know, be. Uh, be aware of your surroundings, right? And there's going to be different characteristics. There's going to be different um, reactions to how your vehicle is going to operate when it is so cold. And now all of our listeners, you might have the luxury of not dealing with this. But I will say to our guys that are in, in Florida or Texas, where it's 30, 40, 50 degrees right now, my vehicle reacts differently when it's 80, 90 degrees out versus 40, 50 degrees. Yeah. There's a little bit of a difference. So the weather does play a big role. No, and for sure. For sure. I also think it plays into this thing about like, thorough diagnostics right yes. i get a i used to take a lot of phone calls from customers who saw some white smoke out of the tailpipe and they're immediately they want to jump on the phone call somebody that's fine you can you can get other people's ideas and kind of come up with a game plan but what's always most important what's always going to get you to the best place is just thorough diagnostics so if if you even if you do see white smoke coming out when it's cold out and you're like oh man it's my injectors okay bring the truck up to operating temp check the balance rates if balance rates are good at operating temp probably not so much worry about white evaporating smoke you know uh looking into things further than just that first glance uh we've seen a lot of guys jump on and buy parts for their truck whether it's turbo or or injectors or transmissions and then come to find out it was something totally different Uh, i i there was a phone call that i had a couple weeks ago you know not to take too much time up but you know the gentleman was like oh you know i took it to a shop and these were the symptoms and i was like okay 
I was like, I'm, I'm telling you, you know, he, this was a guy who wanted to buy injectors. And I flat out told him, I was like, I'd like to help to some degree, you know, if you're willing to cooperate, but I really don't want to sell you injectors because injectors aren't going to fix it. And he was like, so what does that mean? And I told him, you know, politely, like, I don't want to sell you $3,000 in parts. It's not going to fix your issue. Now I'm married to your problem. Yeah. And it, I don't mean that in a rude way when I talk to guys, you know, but understand from my perspective, I have a little more insight, you know, because I deal with it. And I'm not saying I'm better than anyone else. That's not the case. But let's diagnose the truck properly. Maybe a couple hundred dollars in Diag from a shop now is going to potentially save you thousands of dollars and install. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just thinking ahead. And keep in mind, you know, hey, we're we're around this every day. We're quote unquote. I'm doing air quotes like they yeah. can see us on a podcast, right. no. but quote unquote experts. Um it, we misdiagnose our own stuff yeah. on, on no, I don't want to say a regular basis, yeah, you but, did. but it has happened. Chris has done as well. I have not. Uh, not true. Anyways. No, um, never. I'm per- perfect. Chris, your trans was shifting rough. You want to talk about it? No, that was tuned. That was that was improperly diagnosed. Anyways. <laughs> improperly <laughs> improperly <laughs> Anyways, used. my point being is that we, we have misdiagnosed stuff and found yeah. that our initial thought of, hey, what what is this problem? I'm like... I, I've told this story before. I used to have a Kodiak. It wouldn't shift up. Yep. I couldn't get it up to 55. But that threw everyone in the wouldn't shop for a loop. Wouldn't shift into overdrive. Yep. Nobody could. We all talked about the symptoms. We all went through all of the basic questions. I Q&A'd like the first five questions we do on all of our cars with oh. at least three or four different people. And, and even after we dropped the transmission pan, the filters, and put new fluid back in all of it, went out and ran it, and, and all of this, we finally thought, hey, let's take it one step further. Let's actually go go data log this and at the time we thought this is just so obvious what the issue is Mm -hmm. there was no need to waste our time data logging but taking that little bit of extra time to going and looking at something and properly diagnosing it found out hey this has nothing to do with the transmission the fuel pressure is only making like 5,000 psi it can barely run of course it can't do 55 miles an hour well let's talk about you know and this is we we get a lot of inquiries on uh through the shop regarding a youtube video that we did several years ago and it was on the uh, 0087 1093 um, so we'll have uh, LBZ, LOI, LMM customers call in, and uh, the conversation goes one of two ways, essentially. You know, but uh, you know it, 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 what it amounts to is, is the trucks get up to operating temp, they're under a load of some sort going up a grade or towing, and the truck will drop rail pressure. But when the truck doesn't have a trailer behind it, and the truck stock, it, it's fine. Right. And, uh, you know, these trucks all generally seem to have 180 to, you know, 200, 220 plus thousand miles. And they're like, oh, I need a relief valve. I need a relief valve. And it's okay. I'll say the relief valve. That's fine. But that's probably not what the issue is. And then you have to go into, well, the truck's at operating temp. It's getting warm. The viscosity of the fuel is getting low. Things like that. And then you kind of go through this whole troubleshooting thing. And then they're like, so what are you telling me? And it's like, well, the injector itself has a common thing. And we ran into this a few years ago with a Kodiak here in-house yeah, yeah, yeah. that this truck went from shop to shop to shop. And we didn't believe it at the time. That was one of the first ones that we had seen. Or maybe it was like the second or third to solidify what we, you know, were sure. our and, thesis. And even with that one, we were, were not in, in a place where we could go and test the problem right. they were actually having. We had to put it on, on the dyno and, and simulate it, it yep. and run it multiple times. And then even then, the, they bottle tested the injectors yep. to find out, I mean, eight different times it only failed one time but you can't bottle test the truck at operating temp or warmer than operating temp so the right. fuel the viscosity is thicker so it's not going to be able to travel yep into the the orifices or the areas that it that it could travel into more so when the fuel's thinner yeah so diagnostics is, is everything knowledge is key i, I 
sounds so cheesy and cliche to say that, but you got to know what you're getting yourself involved There's into a reason, though. Yeah. when you're, you know, talking about three, four, five, six, seven thousand $7,000 worth of parts. Absolutely. And hey, um, talking about cold weather and some of the things that have been going on lately with, with properly looking at your truck and looking <coughs> at your truck the right way, uh, we want to talk a little bit about the Duramax Tuners Diesel Insights video. We just put out that cold weather one. Yes. A lot of passionate uh, responses on that. Um, yeah, oil temp still matters. Absolutely. Negative 30 is different than plus 30. Uh, you, you should treat your truck differently in those situations. We understand that. But uh, just in case you guys missed it, there's also just as of today, which I think we're going to drop this episode the same day we're recording it, uh, as of today, there is a new Ford towing and tuning. Uh, so we looked at the Ford 6.7 liter and said, hey, man, if you're going to put a tune on this truck and you're going to tow with it, there's probably some information that you're going to want to know. So there's a new Diesel Insights video out about that. Uh, check it out on Duramax Tuner's YouTube channel. should also be on the Calibrated Power YouTube channel as well. Cool. So good plug for that. Yeah. Uh, Chris, we're excited for UCC. Big thanks and a shout out to Matt Chambers mm -hmm. uh, and the boys over at Alligator Performance. Uh, really excited to do uh, some hosting at the live event for that. Uh, KJ and the boys over at Diesel Power yep. Magazine, we're really excited to see them at UCC. Uh, sounds like we're going to be going out to Diesel Power Challenge again as well. Yeah. Super excited to have you and uh, our producer Justin yeah. there this year. And then I think to wrap it up, you know, another special thanks, you know, WC Fab, Exergy, and of course, Duramax Tuner and Calibrated Power as they are the sponsors of the show and they fund this to allow us to do it. So. Awesome. <laughs> cool, man. Well, guys, for today, this has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Hemke. Thanks for listening. The Diesel Performance Podcast is brought to you by Calibrated Power Solutions, home of DuramaxTuner.com. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped calibrations for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Powerstroke, John Deere, Case, New Holland, and many more. For more information and great customer service, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. There's just so many possible things that could go wrong, you know? Like, <laughs> ones if uh, something wasn't tightened down.